Bleep, 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 bleep. Draw and Discard is an independent production. The views and opinions expressed in the show are entirely the responsibility of those who express them and are not necessarily representative of the hosts, guests, sponsors, or anyone else involved in the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Draw and Discard podcast. Uh, myself, John, is here today with Chris. Hello. And Hannah. Hello. To discuss Age of Sigmar 2. Because we didn't talk enough about that last time in the episode that was supposed Age to be Sigmar about something else. Ex Genesis. <laughs> it had a different title, it was fine. Um, Age of Sigmar 2 Spooky Way. Boogaloo. Spooky Boogaloo. So, yeah, so basically it's coming out this weekend uh, as of the time of recording. Uh, this is. Wednesday the 27th of June at 1744. The year of our Lord's 2018. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically it is, yeah, it's released Saturday the 30th. Whatever day that works out as. Yep, yeah, 30th. Correct. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> exactly one day after payday, which is good for us. I mean... Or bad for us, depending on how you look at it. Very yeah. bad for us. <laughs> very bad for us. Uh, but yeah, so we wanted to just talk a little bit about it, uh, you know, kind of from everything really. We've talked about... Uh, some of the stuff so we talked a lot about like the malign sorceries and stuff last show mm. um, we've talked about some of the bits and pieces but now we've all actually seen the products um, as we've got a demo kit here at Athena Games um, played the demo we have played the demo uh, and I've been watching battle reports and things on YouTube and we've all been kind of gearing up for it and thinking about armies and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. we just wanted to chat a little bit about it today yeah so yeah, do you want to kick us off, Chris? So what what products are coming out on Saturday? All oh, right, so you got a whole heap of stuff. Um, main thing is obviously Soul Wars. So um, it's big. It's the new new starter box or the new like premium starter box that the Games Workshop has been doing. Um, so they're all it's so it's the Stormcast Eternal. It's the a new chamber. So they're all like so the Stormcast are divided into chambers. It's basically like sub factions. And it's a new chamber of basically wizard stormcast versus um, a bunch of ghosts, yeah. and the ghosts look awesome. Um, but all, thinking all the of levels... which, uh, we unfortunately don't have Simon with us today. But I would be remiss if I did not relay what he wanted to say, which was, "I like the spooky ghosts." That is indeed yeah. what he wanted to say. <laughs> so if he's in the room, yes. Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah. So. And they're all they're all push fit, which I thought was um, pretty awesome. I know Hannah, you put all of our set together. Yes, so, so I mean, if you talk about that, for oh, a bit. I spent the good part of a of an afternoon uh, putting together like all of the ghosts and some of the uh, stormcast. They are really like fantastically well designed, like push fit wise, um, because a lot of the ghosts are made to look like they're suspended or there's nothing underneath them, and so they've had to be very, very clever with where they've put the push fits in those in order to make it look like. So if you notice, all of them have something trailing on the ground, even if yeah. they're not touching yeah. the ground. Um, the Chris, you'll have to help me out here. The big, big guy on the ghost horse. Um, the he's. 
Kel Keldrek, the night he's the night shrouds. He's he's a he's a big spooky boy, yeah. and yeah. he looks Captain Spook Boy. He is absolutely fantastic to look at. Like you know, the horse is like all well, this. It's like a skeleton horse exposed rib cage, and yeah, the no, way he's... the push fit works fantastically. I only had to. Uh, I think it was put a dot of glue on one of the Stormcast to help reinforce the arm. Everything else is just like perfectly clicked yeah. together. If there have been issues in the past, like sometimes they don't always. They've obviously whoever's working on it has just perfected that with. Yeah, they they're yeah, that was, that was, push fit now, that was quite incredible when it was like, oh yeah, it's like all these ghosts they're all push fit. Like the Stormcast, um, it's quite easy because obviously they're quite they're quite chunky models, so you've got lots of room to as a designer to work with, um, to like put those like kind of bits where things push into other things and et cetera, et cetera. But the go- the, having the ghosts do that is really impressive. Yeah, so we've got... Um, it's, I, I can't remember how many models. I think it's 52 models in the box. Something, something um, that size the, is pretty the number, The majority of them being the ghosts, because the ghosts have got basically squishier dudes. Or maybe not so, as I discovered when I did a demo for someone. If they, if they get... If they're basically in a massive ball, they can do horrible things to people. As I found out as well, I ended up playing the Stormcast on the demo... All of them, only one once. <laughs> I was not smart. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we've got the. You've also got the models. Um, you've also got a, a nice little um, sort of clear plastic ruler, same as the one you got from Dark Imperium. The Dark Imperium box and this box are non-identical in terms of layout. Yeah, yeah. So it's like two armies. You get the full rulebook, full hardback rulebook. You get some little pamphlets on fluff, and um, you don't get like a little mini codices or mini armor book. But that's all sort of um, contained in the new War Scroll cards they've given us as well. Those are really, really nice. So they're about the size of an A5, uh, like a postcard. Yeah, one of them's like foldy. So the, yeah, one the, of them's... What, the, the, that's the, the horse dude for the Sigmarine. Yeah. He's got so many clarifications. He has, so, <laughs> he has so many rules, he's on a fold-out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was really nice, especially for the demos, because the demos, which will touch on more later they yeah. um they don't always use every single one of the characters it was nice just to flip through the little stack instead of having to hunt your way through and they're all yeah and the size. all of the all of the malign all of the malign sorcery of the endless spells have those as well and they're going to be doing like card packs because obviously they did they did some for more recent factions that are like the size the size of a5 sheet of paper yeah but these ones are much smaller um, so you got those as well you got some nice dice obviously if you're it's it's basically everything you need to to play with it and like the models are again really really nice. Everyone has fallen in love with the Nighthawk models, so all the ghosts. Um, like yeah, the night the night shrouds. He's such a cool model. There's a and bit like, more personality to some of the Stormcast as well. Like yeah, um, there's a couple of uh, helmetless uh, ones that they've you know they kind of obviously tried to give them a little bit more yeah. intrigue. And there's a uh, enchanter of some kind, Encanter, mm. I think she's yeah, called. Yeah, she's night, night Encanter, and yeah. she she's really great. She's got like um an exposed face but they've given her like a headdress type thing she's got this big wacky magic stick thing yeah she's, so, she's great yeah i mean games workshop as well is sort of touching on that with with the female models and stuff like that games workshop have done a really good job of actually introducing some uh, strong female characters especially in the stormcast and things like that mm. uh in recent sort of well this year yeah. really it started to happen and they're not you know, they're not your horrible misogynistic fantasy females where they're like, you know, yeah. well, wearing they're, they're boom armor. Oh, and, but they and, actually wear that as self empowerment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, they're not all exposed skin, and you yeah. know, they're well, the, they're, the they're is, hench looking. Yeah. Well, the thing women. is that that always got me is um, um, because obviously in in within the fluff, it's perfectly reasonable for them to be to have female versions of them. So like 
the essentially the line troop squad. You've got the it's a mixture of males and females. Yeah, and it's because of all the reasons. It's essentially their soul is taken and they get remade essentially. And um, briefly segueing from that, uh, these guys are the sacrosanct chamber. Just as a bit a, a fluff note, um, these are basically the guys who do all of that nonsense. Um, so they're like wizards and engineers. So that's why there's like a ballista. Oh, uh, what? So what? They're the ones that make. Yes, they're the storms. they're the ones who guard the um, anvil. The of... anvil of apotheosis. That's it. Yep. Um, so that's where souls are. It's vaguely hinted at in the books about how that works. Yeah. But yeah, these are the guys who essentially guard it, and um, because they ended up fighting the gash essentially at the end of um, first edition and, and all of the forces of death, they needed some wizards to fight them. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us briefly on to the Night Haunt and what they're doing. Um, so basically, um, the last big event we had for uh, Age of Sigmar was um, the Malign Portents, and basically it was the sort of um, the machinations of Nagash, who's the supreme lord of the great necromancer and the god of the dead. Yeah. Essentially, and what he did, I'm not entirely sure of the full story, but at the end, um, he basically makes this giant pyramid, and what he's done is he released loads of weird magic to the mortal realms. So that, that's the... his that's his pyramid that he's had like since forever, right? So he was originally like uh, from like he's like one of the oldest dudes in Warhammer in general. Like he's been around forever. Yeah. He's so pretty... even from like original Warhammer. He was like from a kind of Egyptian style, like even predating the Tomb Kings and stuff. And that big like pyramid he built back in the old world. Yeah. And he's now brought that into. Yeah, and like, he's built yeah. a version of it in the new world. And he causes the Necroquake, and that releases all of this in, um, sort of essence. I think he's like supposed to be like one of the first Necromancers. Like yeah, he, properly he, is, perfected he is the first. He is the first. Hence, the God, Hence of death. God of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and basically, he's cheesed off with literally everybody. Um, because in the before the Age of Sigmar, you had the Age of Myth, and God, and there was essentially this pantheon that um, Sigmar created, and one of the one of the gods was Nagash. Yeah. And basically, Sigmar went to him and he was like, "Right, you can have all the souls you want." And Nagash was like, "Cool, okay." Um, and then, like, obviously, Chaos came back and sort of stealing souls, and he wasn't happy about that. But didn't Nagash let Chaos in? Isn't it his fault? I don't, I don't know. It's... Yeah, so I think it was Nagash's fault that because what Nagash decided was that if he lets Chaos in, they'll take out everyone, he'll get loads of souls, and then he'll just deal with Chaos. And it just backfired massively. And then Sigmar <laughs> was super angry about this, dropped his war against Chaos, and went after Nagash. So they're basically both super annoyed with each other. <laughs> and like, yeah, like Sigmar basically really wants Nagash for that reason. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah. Not done well, fact checking here, just... Yeah. yeah. Well, Nagash is cheesed off with Sigmar because he's been stealing the souls of heroes and apparently the souls of heroes are the nicest and glow the most. Yeah. And so Nagash shiniest. wants them. They are the shiniest. And also he's cheesed off with Chaos because Chaos steals the souls of their minions anyway. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm going to fight everybody. And so he's released his hordes of undead, including the Nighthorn. So... Which also means new armies and new rules and all that good stuff. Very spooky so, skeletons. So, speaking of new rules, um, yep. don't you guys want to talk about the... So, John? Yes. Because you've recently learned how to play 1st edition. I have. Because we've got 2nd edition, so talk about a bit about the differences between the... Yeah, so, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of what they've done uh, in 2nd edition is actually just solidifying a lot of stuff that people were doing anyway. So, things like base-to-base measuring and all that kind of stuff that people had kind of adopted anyway. Like, technically, 
in Age of Sigmar, you didn't have to measure from the base. You could measure from like yeah, but in in like in stuff. like the general's handbook, it often mentions like oh, in competitive events, you might be required to measure base to base. Yeah, and so that's because that's what everyone's been doing. That is now the official rule. Yeah, they've, they've kind of firmed up a lot of stuff that's kind of been up in the air for a. They've while. also they've sorted out some stuff to do with like piling in. Mm. Uh, so you can so it used to be that you piled in and that was it, right? Now you can continue piling in. You can like yeah, you can readjust. So you can basically. Move, was, you can you can envelop someone in a yeah. unit, which is how it should have worked anyway. Like it's very odd that they had that's, this. Like that's it, you're just stuck. And so everyone was playing it yeah, anyway. Exactly. So, so I didn't realise that was something you no. couldn't do. And so, it's very very unfortunate if you are playing the demo and you're playing Stormcast and a whole bunch of spooky ghosts yeah. suddenly envelop you. Yeah. yeah. As but it's it's significantly more interesting. And this is the thing: it's firmed up a lot of rules that people were just doing anyway. Exactly, but it's yeah. just kind of confirmed them. Yeah. For individuals. So it hasn't it hasn't changed that much. So no. if you're no. if you're someone sitting there going, Oh my god, they don't have a new edition, it's it hasn't changed that much. I say the biggest change is probably Well, there's two massive changes. So I would say the the biggest change is, is malign sorceries, which we'll we'll go into yeah, a bit yeah. later on. Uh I, for me, I would say the shooting's a big thing because uh, the way that shooting worked in Age of Sigmar really controlled people's armies. Like, shooting was super strong in Age of Sigmar because you could shoot out of combat into anyone else, which was a bit nuts, really. So it meant that if you had a shooting unit that was engaged with a melee unit, yeah. they could shoot a unit on the other side of the board yeah, and you, then melee you the unit that was on them. And now you can't do that. You have to shoot the unit that's fighting you. Yeah, You can't. You, you couldn't lock a unit in close combat. And often in... Well, in, in 40k, and I suspect in the original fantasy, that was how you dealt with scary shooter units. Yeah. If you could run up to them and you lock them in. Pardon me, I do apologise. Um, <laughs> you lock them in close combat so they can't so they can't yeah. shoot. And, and, and that makes sense, you know, for you've... something like the warp lightning cannon that I'm that I've got in my Skaven I've got a thousand points of Skaven that I've just they've just built. And uh, literally just finished. Yeah, we've, we've, got, <laughs> we've got a doubles tournament this weekend at Athena Games. It'll actually be the last tournament that we do with the version one rules as well. Hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting because I'm almost certainly gonna forget what version one is because I've been <laughs> reading so much about version two. Uh, but yeah, so for example, that warp lightning cannon, clearly the thing to do with a big like cannon is to surround it with dudes and stop yeah. it being able to shoot. But that isn't the case. You can surround it with dudes and it can still shoot its 18 inches across the board. Or and in whatever, terms and of it just makes no sense. relative immersion, it makes a lot more sense that if you were in a fight with someone, you wouldn't turn around and start shooting no, at someone. Because they, you know, they, they can grab it and stuff. Like yeah, They'll exactly. be able to mess it up. They'd be climbing up on it and ruining yeah. it. It makes so, far like, more sense know, that you'd be firing at the person, yeah, just like punching it into in the, the ground at your feet, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what they've what they've also done is they've um, so they've got a big emphasis. Obviously, we briefly spoiled. We'll get to my line pause, my line source for you eventually. Um, but they've got much more emphasis on magic. Yes. Um, they're basically just trying to di- get a division between forty k and age seven because obviously they they've got similar rule sets these days. Yeah. Um, but what you've also got is you've also got an, a greater focus on the hero characters. Um, so now. And that's sort of come about with the change of how command abilities work. Oh yeah, command points. Yeah, that's a yeah. Change. So command point. So they've introduced the idea of command points into Age of Sigmar now. It does work a bit differently, and it's actually got an interesting way because they're using elements that already exist within the game and sort of modifying them. So instead of having the stratagems that you have in 40k, so yeah. you'd have like um, you'd essentially have command points, and you'd have little special abilities that you could spend the command points on. Um, in this one. Um, it's basically using the command abilities that all that a lot of heroes already have access to. Yeah. 
Um, and so now you get one every turn. And they roll over. And they roll over. And you can spend that on a command ability. So a lot of the newer heroes, so a lot of heroes in the core box, will have um, ones that don't necessarily happen in the hero phase. They happen in the movement phase yeah. or the combat phase. Yeah, you know, and you now have reactionary ones as well. You have reactionary yes, ones as well. Yes, which are really nice. So you, and you can have, have that element of, do you want to hold so you on can to go, it? Yeah. yeah, you can go, this unit doesn't have to make a bravery check just before it needs to make a bravery yeah. check, which yeah. is so super handy. Of, um, it's, <laughs> so Inspiring <laughs> Presence is the one you had originally, and that's slain, changed later. As John said, now it's... It, you only get it. You only get it in your turn, or you only get it once per turn, so it doesn't last until your next hero phase. But it's reactionary, so if they fail, you can make them pass. Mm. And there's now two more generic ones, which is you can make guys automatically run six, yep. and you can re-roll your charges after you've rolled your charge, which is quite cool. And they're all very handy little ones, and there's definitely that element of do you want to save it, do you yeah. want to react, do you want to go all out aggression. It's a nice little way to manage certain yeah, it also, of the game. It also means that you can have you can bring these other heroes with these other command abilities, and they don't have to be your generals, unless it states in the rules they have to be general to use them. Um, and those generic ones can be done within 12 of your general, or 6 of any hero. Yeah. So it, it's making these like little pocket heroes that much more interesting to yeah. play yeah, and I really really like that it's definitely just a lot more going on in the game now it's and more like, engaging yeah. than it was because you don't feel oh and then they just the, they, the whole clump moves forward it's like oh actually this guy's gonna insp-, you know yeah, it's, it's that sort of they definitely got a bit of that because you can see that in the Nighthorn um, side of the start of the new box mm. is they've got a guy, little guy who's got a lantern he's guarding the souls uh, he's got a spell where you can bring guys back to life and basically if you're within six of them you get plus one to wound so if you wound on a three plus, you know wound on a two plus, and trust me, that that really makes the big the big unit of the, the and, basic uh, guys. For anyone that's not familiar with with uh, you know kind of Warhammer in general, uh, wounding is basically what what is doing that is hurting people, right? Yeah, so yeah. When, when we say to wound, that is hurting another figure. And if you get enough wounds, uh, you're and dead. basically you roll a dice and you need X number or above on yeah. that dice. So anything you know is going to bring that number down. So the best you can get is two, right? That yeah. If you roll two or above, it's a it's a hit or a wound or causes damage or whatever. There's various dice rolls that care about the numbers on a dice. You can never go below two uh, because ones are always failures. I, I like but... that there's always a chance to fail. That you know gives people some hope. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, it's like coming away a bit from uh, some of the more. Should we talk about the malign stuff. sorcery? Yeah, well, stuff. I, I want to talk about as well just kind of the thing in general. There's a couple of other things to note about command points is they're now built into list building as well. So if you uh, what's called under is it underpointing yeah yeah so if you come in with an underpointed list you'll get a few more there's like loads of subtleties now in the list building that's like okay do i take less points to the table and have more command points available war scrolls generate command points as well Uh, so So battalions battalions, yeah generate so there's like tons of subtlety now that's actually made the meta game much more complicated yeah um but i wouldn't say but in a fun way not 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 not, yeah yeah, sorry complicated kind of has a negative connotation what i mean is there's now tons of meta games, well, which is great because games like this, you actually spend more time in the meta of the game thinking about things than you do playing the game generally. Because most of the time you're at home looking at your dudes and reading the books, right? Yeah. No, it's just it's just added um, like a little bit more depth to the game. It really there has. Always was that with the and subtlety the, to play as well, which is really nice. Yeah, with the War Scroll Battalions. Obviously, for those who aren't familiar, basically your War Scrolls is what I essentially a unit stat sheet. A battalion is. You have a number. It's like okay, you need these three units. If you have these three units, you it can pay some points extra stuff, and you can do extra stuff. Yeah. Now, um, in the new book, because in the last general's handbook, they made all of them much, much more expensive. 
Um, but apparently they're all coming down in price, which is good because cool. I think it's really cool how you can just be like, I am this thing, and you get essentially rewarded for playing a somewhat thematic yeah thing. And and, and also um, abilities. And while we're kind of on the subject of list building as well, um, another big change, other than the malign sorceries, uh, which we will get to in just a moment, um, is that you no longer need to reserve points for summoned units. Oh yes, that's quite. A big so change. there's loads of cool stuff now that makes models appear on the table. So the game is going to be much more fluid, much more exciting, much more narrative and yeah. cinematic, as they keep saying. So for example. I'm running Skaven. I've got Screaming Bell. Before, I would have needed to put aside, what, like how many points? Like 400 points or something for a Vermin Lord Deceiver? They're expensive. Uh, Which the Screaming Bell has the ability to summon, which is basically this massive, like, rat god thing Thing. appears on the table (laughs) and smashes everyone with its tails. And, like, it's epic. But... I would have to reserve that amount of points, yeah. so I would essentially would be able to bring less stuff to the table, and then I'm relying on rolling two sixes in order to get one. Whereas now I'll just get one; it's free. Yeah. Uh, and there's loads of stuff like that. So again, within Skaven, there's a that once that Deceiver, is, I think it's not the Deceiver; it's one of them. Once that Vermin Lord's on the table, he can hurt people and create more little rats, more clan rats. So again, it's like really swarmy and cool, and like there's going to be loads. So the horde armies are generally going to get lots of swarmy stuff. Yeah. There's lots of summoning mechanics. Some armies have got a summoning currency that they have to generate. I think it's um, all of the all of the armies, unless it's like random effects. Have yeah, a yeah, summoning. They will currency. have yeah some sort of currency which has its own name, and it'll be something to do with the character of that army. Like some armies like pain, and when they inflict or receive pain, it generates them points, and then yeah. and certain again, units the... will cost an amount of points to summon. So the game will actually be really freeform and really flowing. And once again, it's that narrative thing, isn't it? So like for example, with the ghosts, it's this idea of like oh they just keep coming and yeah, they're coming exactly. up out of the graves yeah there's going to be some rats, great like stories the, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. and I love playing games where on top of you know because it is also ultimately about having fun and creating these mm. memories with people yeah so it's fun being very technical but it's also fun picturing how exactly, this would go yeah, with your yeah. little figures and this is like you said complicated does have negative it's, it's more complex than it was before but complex it's, yeah it's a much better word than it's, complicated it's got a lot more subtlety and intricacy of play that also means that you can pull different moves or you have different options yeah. and, and it forces a lot more creativity and that's going to make for some really interesting mm. games yeah yeah and it's something that we've we've seen as we've gone forward with the battle tomes and an interesting little fact I probably said it in the last in the last song we talked about second edition is um, the books that have the new symbol on it, so the new lo- the new Age of Sigmar logo, which actually, has like a dark background. Yes, yeah, like, so were actually other, yeah. designed for Second Edition. So like Legion of the Gash, because that had lots of weird stuff in it. With like essentially, you choose four places on the board, and these would be and they would be uh, grave sites. Yeah, yeah, and essentially all your skeletons would come out of those. And like the Nurgle guys, like we talked about, like resources, they already had it. They had like contagion points, I think. Yeah, and that's already built into them because they were made for this new edition. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the other thing as well, while we're talking about stories and, you know, the great stories that are going to be told on the battlefield in the new version are the malign sorcerers. Yay, there so, it is. <laughs> magic, it now has a physical form. So basically because of all the nonsense that Nagash has been up to, like these super magics have, have appeared out of the war or whatever the fluff is. It's worth noting that some that there are still plenty of spells that aren't physical, but there Yeah, there's still abstract here. spells. Yeah, there's, there's um, with the malign sorcerer, with the box, you obviously get the, the, the endless spells themselves, but there is a whole book on 
all of the realms. There's a bunch of artifacts for all the realms. There's a bunch of spell lists for all of there's the realms. There's a fully comprehensive guide. Again, that yeah. stuff's bringing in a lot of subtlety. So, like, you know, talking about you can now choose which realm you're fighting on, and that will have knock-on effects. It affects the spells. So endless spells, for example, uh, may have more range in a certain realm or may do more cool things in a certain realm. So again, just lots of layers of complexity that make the games interesting and varied. Um, But yeah, so the the malign sorceries are actual models that represent the spells. Uh, They appear on the table when spells are... They look very cool. Yeah, they look really (laughs) cool. They chase models around. They do mad stuff. And they've also, you know, a lot of it is pulled straight out of old versions of Warhammer so and they've the, reached in and yeah. grabbed some nostalgia and brought yeah. like the Purple Sun for example which and I the, believe was what 8th Purple Sun was a huge thing was is it? Is that the big death sphere that almost took your but hand Purple off Sun, when you tried yeah. to yeah. <laughs> yeah. But basically Purple Sun just used to be you roll 6 dice right this many dudes are dead and you'd just be like huh what happened now the Purple Sun is an actual physical thing that exists it's on all, the board and you can see it and massive. it's scary Poodles around the board and kills things yeah um, yeah no those it's the <laughs> So basically you've got like, um, so essentially the Ender Spells are divided into like two different types. You've got like utilitarian ones. Yeah. So there's one which is like, I can't remember what they're called. Are they called the Chromatic Cogs, I think? Yes. And essentially... That sounds right. Um, they give you more movement or yeah, you extra can, spells and stuff. You can, yeah, you speed, can speed up speed or up slow time, down time. Slow down yeah. time. And you've got like a little sort of, essentially like a... Um, like a swarm of um, like locusts like or something, gem gem locusty yeah. things, and they can bring people, they can heal stuff and bring pe- stuff back to life. Little portals, and you've got portals that you can shoot other different spells through. Yes, yeah, crazy Which stuff. Like that. And then you've got the predatory spells like the purple sun and the quicksilver swords, and those are really interesting how they work. Actually, all of them because they all work the same. Which is um, at the start of a battle round, so before both players have had their turns, um, the person who's going second in the battle round gets to activate one and then you alternate from there yeah so it's always um, although the person to go first has got the advantage to go first the second player can operate one of their spells first yeah and the predatory ones will just move around and do whatever and do whatever so like oh I do mortal wounds or whatever and I think that's really interesting yeah so you need to be careful sort of... because those spells can actually turn on you they're, they're unstable and to represent that your opponent will sometimes be able to control where they go yeah. and you don't want them going into your units obviously because they're going to cause horrible damage they also they, they get dispelled if they go off the board mm. so eventually they're going to meander off just wander off into yeah. the ether yeah I think one of the other things I really like is just the sheer scale of these they they're like massive. they are massive they're really intimidating like yeah. when you see one of these things coming at your model yeah. it's like I think there's like one of them the set of jaws could honestly you could just put whatever it eats inside yeah. the model like and and that adds like a real once again it's really fun like if yeah. you're playing this game instead of once like an imaginary like you said like oh oh everyone's dead what happened it's now yeah, like exactly. oh my it's god it's not like no. I roll a million dice and then I tell you that these dudes are dead it's like now you it's, can see it coming and it's foreboding and it's kind of exciting as well like yeah. you're like oh no it's but that as well that, that um the what is it like the the raven someone's ravenous jaws the ravenous jaws spell yeah which is like a big flaming pac-man thing you're saying about like you could actually put models in it apparently that I, that was on the stormcast actually which is a good podcast the uh games workshop themselves put out about um 
Age of Sigmar. And apparently in the original design, the intention of that spell was that wizards could, could sit in it and ride around. So that's why it's actually built with this big bit at the back that's got room for a model to sit in. And then that mechanically left the game, but the actual design didn't change. Yes. So you actually can. Like, I kind of like the idea that if you plough it into a unit, they will just kind of fall into its mouth. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I kind of almost but want, if I got it, I'd almost want to like get a spare model and just put it in there like a little flame guy yeah i mean the thing is if i if i well i am gonna get blind sorcery i'm not quite i'm probably not gonna get it this weekend but uh, i'm definitely gonna paint that thing yellow right it's got to be pac-man and the the other impressive thing again because we talked about how all the things in soul wars are push fit all of these guys are push fit as well which is incredible when you get to the purple sun that really will will destroy your hands as you try to put it it was like like picking up a sea urchin it was really yeah they're, they're all they're all uh, push it. and they're all really big they're a lot bigger than I think anyone anyone here thought they would be when we saw the we saw the images of them every single person's like first response when we were showing them to one another was wow those are big <laughs> what yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah and you get the book with them and it sort of talks about like um, all the different arcana and spells and stuff in the world of Age of Sigmar with the fluff bit and as you spoke earlier it's got like a, a spell list for every realm and Loads of different artifacts yeah. you can use, and yeah, it's like realm artifacts and stuff as well. Yeah, because yeah. that's another thing with the list building. You can now say that your army is from a particular realm, and yes. then take like realm artifacts yeah. and stuff. And the, the core book, really the core book also gives you rules for playing in those realms as well. Yes, yeah. So and the end of spells care about what realm they're in. So like yeah. the purple sun, I think if the purple sun's in Shaish, yeah, yeah, then it'll go like it goes much further. It goes like an extra four inches when it yeah. moves and stuff. Kind of linking all that up as well with the books. Not only are they fantastically comprehensive in terms of showing everything that's new and stuff mm. like that, but also for someone like me, who my first ever time actually properly playing Warhammer was with the demo stuff for this. It's you likened it to a video game, John. That it really oh, the, yeah, the demo tutorial. Yeah. Like if you get a chance, come come to Athena or go to your local game shop. The demo that they've got Fantastic. in that thing is great. Like, it's graspable for people because I know a lot of people who aren't at all familiar with Warhammer. It's like this is very intimidating. This is scary. The Demo starts you off with basically, I think it's like two Stormcast as one unit yeah. and a few ghosts. And the idea is, is, and they give you like a little scenario, like you're battling them off on top of a tomb. And then you're like... Uh, and, it's, and, you, and you don't have every single step of a turn. No, it just, just goes, this is the first mechanic. bit, and then it goes, and in this one we'll do that first bit and an extra bit, and it builds the game up. And like, then, really yeah, well. and then you'll do... And that only took me like five, six minutes because I got completely annihilated, but that's beside the point. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, this next scenario, you're going to use these guys. And this time we're introducing that. And by the end of that, not only are you introduced to all of the stuff that's new, if you're someone who's already played Warhammer, but if you've got anyone that you'd like to get into it, it presents a very friendly, intuitive way of demonstrating all of the rules in a way that makes sense. Even though they're sort of little abstract scenarios, it does actually have a bit of narrative there as well, doesn't it? Like, your your dude's been caught out and ambushed on his own by these, and there's like a little um, paragraph of narrative. You have two units where basically your Stormcaster back-to-back on top of a tomb fighting off all of these guys. So there's always like a little little story scenario Mm. to it, and it makes it very... Like you said, it's like a video game tutorial. It builds up in a really interesting way, and that's also good for anyone who's maybe not played for a while or isn't familiar with the second edition stuff is that it yeah. just slowly introduces everything. It introduces the abilities of the different factions. So particularly with the Night Encounter or whatever, you know, like her spells and her abilities, that sort of thing. It just introduces it bit by bit. And that's yeah. a really, and it's just all included with the 
main roles, which it's I really liked. Almost as if Games Workshop are really putting the effort in to make Age of Sigmar an accessible and exciting know, product. Right? Like, imagine that. Because, like, you know, Crazy. also sort of talking on that and, like, you know, the books and stuff, like, you know, for people that have been a bit put off by how abstract Age of Sigmar has been from the start, like, you know, Age of Sigmar doesn't have the 30 years of fluff, obviously, that old Warhammer had. And I think some people were a bit upset by kind of the lack of lore and the lack of fluff. Like, they've brought out this new core book that's just absolutely jammed with fantastic illustrations, like oh, it's great gorgeous. little stories, oh, it's, it's so a, much fluff. Even if you're not um, a fan, generally, of playing Warhammer, it's one of those things you could just flick through for hours and yeah. read all these fun little it's, it's another and... It's another gorgeous book, and whoever did the... Because they kind of they kind of rebranded a little bit, which and it's been really, really nice. Like the the they've got this whole thing going on with this like I don't know what it is but it's some sort of mythical creature yeah what's the word I'm looking for absolutely massive for one thing I'm sure we're being really stupid and it's really heavily based on some kind of like yeah yeah cultural but yeah they're like it's like this sigil sigil thing going on and it it looks absolutely gorgeous and yeah the book um the book is in the same quality as the the eighth edition core book and I was really impressed with that. And there was some really, really nice artwork in that. And like the, the website that they've brought out as well, ageofsigma.com, like is absolutely rammed with... Vi- I mean, there's even like a video of just a dude talking about all the realms and explaining where everyone oh, is and one of the writers, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And like, so they're really like solidifying that world into something that everyone can and kind of get on board with. And I think this is the with. thing, is that the second edition has acknowledged that mechanics can only take you so far and they've you know like we said before they've firmed some stuff up and they've Mm. introduced new things or just tweaked little elements but lore is what makes people stay it's what makes people want to be invested in something they don't you know after a while you're just moving pieces of plastic around but if you have that kind of interest and intrigue with it and like you said it's almost like they're trying to make it accessible and i'm really pleased they have and it's yeah it's it's one of those things scary anymore (laughs) when i when i first sort of came to the came to the game obviously i did i knew about 40k and all that but yeah it seems to be lacking like lacking the story and that's what well with 40k that's what attracts a lot of people people that's what people like about it yeah they like the story and it's been really nice to learn about like the realms and stuff like that, and like yes, just get just get a little bit get into the nitty gritty of it. Really, and, you know, I think uh, you know well, we were talking about this last night, but I think you know that they've actually got a really nice narrative mechanic in Age of Sigmar with the whole like the realms and the realm gates and this kind of justification for armies to be able to go anywhere and pop up and fight anybody, and like you know, armies also have their own ways of navigating the kind of different dimensions and like, like Skaven the, can the tunnel cosmos, about yeah. and you know the dwarf dudes can like fly around and like there's loads of ways that people the can kind of pop up and so it's like when, when you're actually taking these armies to the tabletop there's a kind of narrative justification you mechanically have, as yeah. to how these armies are meeting because before i would be kind of looking at it and thinking oh, well what, what the hell are these guys doing together like what what's going on here yeah, it doesn't and, make any sense and it kind of takes you out of the whole experience and that's i think the one thing that they did do really well when they blew up the old world and started the new edition is in the old world it was a bit difficult to kind of justify how these armies were even encountering each other half the time whereas in this new world it, it all makes total sense they've gone all out with the fantasy element and the magic as you said before it's also gone a little bit more uh like 40k-ish like in terms of the kind of abstraction of kind of multi-dimensional space that there's certainly some heavy similarities there between like the warp 
and mm. whatever they're calling it in Age of Sigmar. Like, well, Ma- it's magic, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird old it's a weird old place. But yeah, that's that's the one thing with forty k is your your excuse was always it's the grim dark future. There was always a reason for one faction to fight another faction. Yeah, there was. You could always work your way around it because of how grim and horrible the world was, and the fact that no one really cared about each other. But yeah, no, it's no. I I was really impressed with the book, and I had a I had a good flick through it. And it's again, it's just it's just another one of their book, and they again, much like their models, they're always really good at making books. They're just gorgeous. They're like hardback. It's got like a nice emboss on the cover. Yeah, it's like, like oh yeah, it's one of those books. that it's like to hold it. It's it's really yeah, pretty. It's gonna look nice on the shelf. And like I think you know, <laughs> so I think you know, basically the main sort of takeaway is that if you've been sort of, I mean, ignoring about Age of Sigmar, you know, if you were maybe a original Warhammer player or you're a forty k player that maybe wants to try something different, now is the time to get into Age of Sigmar. Yeah. And what's great is like, uh, this like this is it. This is Age of Sigmar becoming. Its own thing and really solidifying and mechanically thing. and fluff-wise. It's jam-packed it full of lore, but actually, when you look at the the changes, some of the changes are really minor and subtle, but they've just made such a difference they to really the game. And I'm really glad that they they didn't try and completely rewrite everything. They didn't. They just took mm. some of the better elements. They just solidified it up, and it's so much better than well, it was. It's it's been it's been nice to watch them them learn because they've because they've learned every. Uh, like right up to this point about through like the general's handbooks and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and they've added so like because um, it's really interesting to go back and read like the original the original battle terms and go back to the right up to the new ones. The new ones are so much more interesting in terms of what they can do for an army, yeah, and how you can play your army. It's yeah, it's because it's obviously like they added in like old artifacts or relics, whatever you like to call them, and warlord traits or command traits or whatever. Again, same thing. And like they just added more and more and more stuff into the game, and yeah. it's just it's really really interesting to watch that evolution happen. And law allows, in its own way, for a lot of customization individuality because you actually have a framework to work with. So if you want to, you know, personalize your army a little bit, or yeah. have have reasons that if you've got some different models that they would be doing what they're doing, then you have an actual framework to work off of yes. now instead of desperately garbling your way through it and trying to explain how this could happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, there will always be people that just literally build, like, top meta, top tier, yeah. tryhard lists and, you know, dominate the game mechanically. But I think that's the least interesting aspect of these yeah, kind of definitely. games. I think the most interesting aspect, yeah, is is personalising your armies, is really justifying, like, your design decisions when you're painting them and basing them and, da, 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 and you know, kind of just being able to know enough about the world to kind of go cool this is why these guys are going here and doing this thing and you know being really able to visualize and for other people to get what you're talking on. about yeah as exactly well. like you know yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think this it's, it's always nice really to have job. um like to have to have a reason behind yeah as you said i'm just repeating what you just said um Good. To have <laughs> it a, means we're right to have a, to have a reason behind things. It's, it's always yes. nice to have because obviously we were doing a bit of pain today i had, I had my nights and like my like the household I've gone for is one of the the fluff friendly ones. So one of the exists in the story, and it was really interesting to read read my codex and go look at them and go, oh, what's with these guys? Yeah, why, why are they why are they the way they are? And it's it's nice that even if you're not even if you're just playing the game, just just have fun, play the game. Like there's that that fluff is nice to have. It's yeah. a nice thing to and like you can talk about it and it's like yeah. And I do think as well like the narrative play in Age of Sigma, I think is something I'm most excited for. Like I'm really looking forward to actually doing some proper like narrative play and like because for me that's the bit I find most interesting. Like you know competitively, that's not really where my interests lie. I know that you know people love 
wargaming competitively and that's great and like you know everyone can do that and do their tournaments and but i actually think the narrative play is some of the most interesting stuff that's definitely what i prefer i also wouldn't be surprised if at some point we start seeing uh solo rules coming out for age of sigma i feel like that's where they will put those things and sort of test them and because that's like the new trend right now is for all games to have like some kind of solo mode and like obviously with fallout wasteland warfare coming out that's got like this solo mode that you can play that then feeds into being able to play with other people so you can actually like level your characters at home on your bit of paper and you build bases and stuff outside of the game and then when you come to play other people that stuff all carries over Mm. so I'd love to see something like that with Age of Sigmar where in the narrative play you can actually play with yourself and then actually bring that to the tabletop when you come to club you know you could have said that without a smile never mind Um, (laughs) get your heads out because also um all the books got um, I don't think I don't know if the core rule back has, but I know that my the battle time that I have has rules for playing uh, Path to Glory, and I always I still haven't played it, and I really like the concept of Path to Glory. Um, basically, you get yourself at this, at this, it's like a at a campaign, and you basically get yourself a leader or a, a hero model, mm. and then he has followers, and like you play a game, and there's like different scenarios, and he can get like rewards and titles and stuff like that, yeah. and he gets more followers and stuff like, that, and I always like that concept. Immediately, it normally relies on you having sort of a larger collection of models, but I really like that, and it's got a bit of random rolling in it, and I kind of, I kind of like that. I yeah, I, I really like that stuff, and I think that's something as well that's not really been covered because obviously everyone, I mean, you know, we're we're certainly not the first podcast to talk about this stuff, and there's been so much discussion what, about about matched play and what all the list building stuff means, and what all the malign sorceries mean for lists, and da, da, da. but you know, I actually think some of the most interesting stuff in that cool world book is going to be like narrative play, and it's going to mm. be you know, yeah, because I, I, I'm you want to get invested in it, and that's the best way yeah, to do it. And I, I've really because I've sort of just come to Age of Sigmar, and I've been like digesting like tons of lore videos on like youtube like shout out to two plus tough if you want to go and you know while you're painting if you want an endless playlist of lore to digest while you paint two plus tough that's like what he does like that's his whole thing is i think he does them while he paints i think he paints chats about the lore while you paint (laughs) it's fantastic like it's it's so good and like i've learned so much and i've become really excited about the narrative and the lore of age of sigma well and here's the thing i've forgotten if it were i I swear it was one of you two saying it earlier but this i think one of the things i found is this idea that before warhammer were certainly just bringing out products to keep selling it to the people who are already into it. Yes, we were talking and, about this yesterday. That's yeah, the problem with 8th edition. And a lot of people are... I, I know for a fact that a lot of people are put off by Warhammer because it seems daunting and scary and that sort of thing. And it's not just about mechanics, it's about the sheer scope of it. And the fact that they've now introduced a narrative that people can kind of hold on to and use and you don't feel a need to have to just familiarize yourself with absolutely everything yeah. you can take it in these bite-sized it's, chunks yeah. is it's more accessible than it ever it was definitely yeah this is the most accessible edition of warhammer fantasy i mean it's not warhammer fantasy battles it's age of sigma but this is the most accessible i would say that warhammer has ever been right it's now. not it's not just trying well, to sell it to people who are already loyal to it it's trying to yeah. say hey yeah. look at it really, look at this. Really it's, it's one of those things with with games in general that live that live this long like we've seen it with x-wing recently you do reach that point of like um I had the word in my head and I completely forgot what it was. Young saturation. Blood. That's it. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah so you, you reach the point of saturation in terms of rules. Yeah. And you just need to 
do it again. Yeah, and your like, customer base isn't growing, so you're having to introduce, you're having having to bring in products that your existing customer base will mm. buy, which then generally leads to power creep and rule blow yeah. and lots of horrible stuff, yeah. which I think is generally agreed. That's what happened with Warhammer Fantasy Battles Eighth Edition. That it yeah. wasn't getting new and players, it, so armies just became enormous. And so everyone had to like, keep it's buying. The same, it's the same thing with eight, uh, with Seventh Edition, really, yeah. because Seventh Edition hadn't changed in. Of forty k, you mean? Yeah, yeah, forty yeah. k. That is, sorry. Um, yeah, and it hadn't it hadn't changed in like at least a at least a decade. Yeah, probably a decade and a half. Um, but yeah, and it was just one of those things. So it's like it's it's all right for people who understand it to say, oh yeah, it's easy. But yeah, it it, it really wasn't, and like the game really needed it, and it. I but think from it refreshed it quite perspective, a I was playing demos and it was easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, I was so grateful for that because I think it was just a fear of because I already know very similar games. It was just a fear of getting past that first step, and I felt a bit bombarded. But yeah, yeah. I played the demos for the latest one, Souls, and it was. Yeah, I mean, war war games really do feel like such a giant step from, like, if you're coming from, like, a board game background, maybe you've played D&D a few times, and you're kind of, you know, generally a nerd, and you're into the scene, war games still kind of feel a bit, you know, like, a big big chasm to cross, whereas that's starting to change. I think as well, like, with things like Shadespire, I mean, Shadespire is what got me into Age of Sigmar, I I really liked Shadespire, and then I was like, okay, let's find out some stuff about these guys. And then, you know, now I'm, now no, I'm, Shades, gonna, now, now I'm building was... 2,000 points of scaling. <laughs> <laughs> Shadespire was really interesting because I, re- I really like it. It's probably one of my favourite games at the moment to play. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was really interesting because it was it was something coming out of Age of Sigma. It was, re- it was really interesting. Like the little story behind. There wasn't much. There wasn't much fluff about it. You didn't it, need but, a lot though. But that's the thing. You didn't need a lot. You just needed a reason for people to fight. Yeah. And like... There was there was this like it's this weird city that's in that's essentially like set between two realms because they annoyed a god and the god put them there. Well, and also Nagash. Like, yeah, Nagash. Nagash well. and, and people just go there and they get lost. And it's kinda of, it's kinda of like um is it the name of the city in HP Lovecraft. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the big city in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've, I've I've only read Somewhere. the one story, which is the names, and the guy goes in it and gets eaten by lizard yeah. people or something. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, and it was kind of like that. It's like you go to. The, um, it's actually mentioned in the in the, rule, in the core book. Um, in I think it's in Shaish. It's like a desert, and like the the ruins of it are in Shaish. Yes, I think it is. I've seen it on the maps that they've yeah. been bringing out. But no, it's really interesting. Yeah, because coming off coming off this because um, both. Um, Age of Sigmar and Shadespire are now running tandem in terms of story. Yeah. So the next the next box we're gonna get, or the next for Shadespire, yeah. is gonna be Ghosts versus the um well Wizards. The Wizards. I say that, it hasn't been confirmed, but they did it show us does an image. Seem to be the which case, is yeah. one of them is a ghost, and in the background you can see a stormcast, yeah. and he's got the same crest of the the anvil with the lightning bolt on it. I and mean, it makes sense because um, obviously Shadespire core yeah. box matched the Age of Sigmar intro box with Corn versus yeah, Sigma, so exactly. you would assume it's so we've, we've got that to come. So I'm so yeah. Basically, I think Very it's excited. it's you know it's a great time to get into uh, Games Workshop products. Like I think it's at the most affordable it's been for a long time. It's starting to gain momentum you can have fun. in terms of how it plays and how it's working. They're kind of getting into their stride. With and it, also, definitely. you know, in terms of these push fit kits and things, the the hobbies got easier. So it's a nice you know introduction into you the hobby without to being too terrifying. All, <laughs> all they need to do is inc- include a set of clippers. That's because everything you need to build yep. that kit, and that's the one thing. It's like we just they just put clippers in the box, yeah. and then people were able to come ask us for clippers. Great, and, you know. There's also there's 
Age of Sigmar itself, there's a lot of products coming out around it. So we're getting a collectible card game in the near future that's made by the Lightseekers guys, Play Fusion. There's a video game about to come out. Uh, it was a mobile game, so it's almost certainly going to be just a horrible paywall hell of a game. But it's a collectible, digital collectible card game slash war game. So yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to be like booster packs and paywalls. Oh, no, I, I saw that the yeah. other day and I was like, is this a mobile? Oh no, it's, yeah, it's, it's Android now. Still, but it would, be, it would be nice to see some games in, in um, the more, Age of Sigmar. More releases they've showed us. Um, so we've seen the all of the heroes for all the big heroes for the Nighthawk guys. Yeah, so they're getting so, Bushwick kits as well, um, aren't they? They're, no, they're, 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 proper, they're proper kits. Oh, they're actual kits, I think. So we've also so this week we've also got um, lots of Bushwick kits coming out for the Sequentus. So that's the guys with the shields and the maces. Oh, okay. Um, for the Castigators, so the guys with the bows. That's the one. Um, then you've got a unit we haven't seen, which are the Wyamorn Banshees, I think. Uh-huh. They're wizard hunting banshees. Cool. Um, and you've got like the horse ghost, horse head ghost people as well, the glaive stalkers. Um, but yeah, next week we've got all the hit, we've, we've got the battle tomes for both of them and their own endless spells coming out. And it's got so many yes. great like little unique figures like the Executioner. That's the thing as well, same with these like faction-specific endless spells and stuff. There's going to be a lot in it, you know, as they start. I mean, I'm just waiting for Skaven stuff to come out, but, <laughs> you know, there's hopefully going to be a lot of kind of supplemental products for the, you know, for the factions you yeah. love. So they'll get their own endless spells. They'll get like, you know, lots of their own kind of cool stuff that's very thematic to yeah. whatever faction it is you love. You In know? fact, my one only like major gripe with this, especially with like the cool, you know, the cool set we've got now with like the Stormcast and the spooky, scary ghosts is how flimsy the ghosts are. Hmm. Like, do be careful when you're putting these together because they have very yeah, I did li- wonder that. thin like, push, little... Pushing those together Pushing must be scary. Pushing those together was very, very scary. In fact, there was one that I refused to put onto its base and I gave it to Chris because I was like, I don't want to be held responsible <laughs> yeah. for this. But um, uh, just be careful with them. Um, yeah. But it, it is, it, they do feel quite flimsy at points. They've tried to make all of the anchors on like the widest possible parts of the model, which is good. And they've actually put little, which I think is very interesting, they've actually put tiny little nodules and ridges on the inside to help line them up, yeah. so they're not slipping all over. Yeah, the place. I mean they do that on their on their um, but like normal kits as well. That's my one real major gripe that I have at the minute is that yeah, they are friendly. They are very you're going to need something the ghosts, you know, good yeah, to transport them. Around, that was always going to be something with the ghosts because they're all supposed to be ethereal. Yeah, I mean the prettier and, the model, the more fragile. Yeah, it is exactly. generally right. It That's is one just... of those things. It's one of those things I've noticed as well with some of the more recent models. Like the more they, the, obviously they've got with computer aid design they can go a little bit they can go a little bit crazy and when you come to build something it's like how the hell in, how in hell's name is this supposed to work in real life yeah I remember but, with the big guy there's like two halves of the horse and then part of his head and you've kind of got to hold the arm and the head while you're clipping well, I mean, the there, was a, there was a bit of that in Shadespire there was a couple of things that you kind of bits had to go in other bits and then you were like hang on a minute and you've like, got to yeah, hold them in place you, you needed a third arm for some but of that honestly stuff. it's not most of that can be circumvented by just putting a dot of glue in there to pop yeah. a head in place or something and then you just clip them together as normal it's mm. nice and easy mm. I think overall we really like this yeah I mean like, <laughs> as I say you know, if, you've, if you've been on the fence at all this is the time to dive yeah. into Age of Sigmar and like the the stuff they've shown us that's coming out. I briefly talked about all the heroes, but all the heroes for the Night Haunt look awesome, especially the big dude in the 
on the nightmare with the scythe. He and the banshee he looks, lady one. Um, she's very pretty. Uh, lady or Lani, roses. Who's, who's like, the who's yeah. the mortal grief? I do like she's her. She's really nice. And, and they've got that thematic thing going. So, for example, the executioner on his base actually does have like a skull with some of the roses growing out of it and stuff. So yeah, they've pretty. got a nice they've got a nice thematic. They've thing got going. they've got lots of things with roses going on. Yeah, the the ghosties have. Um, it works though. Yeah, and then the stormcast they've got. Two, we've seen two of their like mounted heroes. Mm. So there's one lady who's on like a, a cat dragon thing. So not 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 the Drakos that we've seen before. She's on something different. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one guy who's like the head honcho who's on like a, a flying ram type thing. Yeah. Type thing. <laughs> and he looks he looks impressive. It's not quite my cup of tea. I'm not so sure about the thing he's riding. But he looks but, great. But they both they both look awesome, and I imagine they both be excellent kits once they're all together. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, Games Workshop definitely getting it right right now. I mean, you know, you, you may have seen that in the news that Games Workshop have made more money in the last financial year than they've like ever made. Like they gave their staff a bonus of five million that they shared out between all their staff, like literally all their staff. Everyone got an equal cut of that as well. So if they've got five million to split equally amongst all their staff, they, must then be doing something they right, yeah. certainly are doing well right now. They're so. not they're not trying to fix what isn't broken, but they have definitely fixed what was broke at least in certain areas it's not a perfect one but it's certainly a really solid base for future development which is something they didn't really have before and now they've given themselves that framework and that platform it i'm actually really excited to see what else they're going to be producing yep so yeah well we'll we'll uh would you you draw it yeah obviously we're all going to draw it i don't even think it goes without saying but um you know i think as well we'll kind of uh have a bit of a chat about it and once we kind of get our lists together for Mm. Second edition we'll probably, and start exploring it properly. We'll probably come back to it when they give us more Shades by. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah, we'll talk about Shades by more. GW. Hint. Come on. Hint, um, hint, hint. So, yeah. So, yeah. Go go and buy it. Um, so, Athena Games. Uh, we'll have it available Saturday, right? Is the actual release day. Uh, we have sponsors. we have swag. Do we, Is there swag for there, there should it? be swag coming. We don't know. But, it, yes, there should be some sort of, you know, shiny free stuff. I've unpacking various swag that may or may not be. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. Well, I don't know what's happening with that but essentially you know if you want to pre-order it you can get in touch with Athena now and put in an order for it or your friendly um, local or your, your friendly shop. local game shop um, Athena's got some good deals on those it's worth looking you can order website. it from our website so you can take advantage of those deals even if you're not able to come to Norwich and pick it up we will now deliver to your door so do check out uh, athenagames.co.uk or .com we've got we both I forget whether it's .com or .co.uk we yeah, own both so the drawing to uh, start podcast I'm going to turn up at your yeah, we, we also <laughs> we will put some links up but yeah we've actually got some really good offers like and we've got some we've got offers the that are actually so very competitive instead of the cool box being 95 quid it's 80 something like that 79.99 and you know yeah. they're not Sorry. you know they're, they're i've uh you know i've well facebook has uh tried to sell it to me from various game shops they know uh, and you know they price know. wise <laughs> we're pretty competitive like you know even if you're not coming in to pick it up like it's competitive ordering it for our website which is pretty good because it's often quite difficult to beat websites like you know yes. especially web only businesses um, so yeah, I would say you know support your 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 scene uh, and yeah, support, do order it from us support, online if you don't have a local game local shop. Yeah, wherever you may be, support local game stores because we give you the space to play, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so do check out uh, the Athena website, uh, athenagames.com or .co.uk one of them it's probably done. I think it's done. it's both we own both domains oh, they, right. they both go to it I just can't remember which one we actually have one of them and we'll, we'll stick up some links as well yeah so yeah you can certainly order it from us online or you can come in and grab it in store we also have a demo kit in store so if you want to come and have a look at it uh, and you want to get a game of it then do come in and you can do that completely for free we'll even let you read the books 
and three of us work. Uh, well, yeah, and we, Alfie as well. So yeah, four exactly. of us work um, with our delightful sponsors. And of yes, games. we will sign autographs, oh. guys. We'll do selfies. We don't mind. <laughs> this is the this is the cost of fame. Twenty five pound for a signed headshot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you might even be able to catch one of us, but yeah. thank you very much to our sponsors for putting out all of this stuff and letting us basically peddle it to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shamelessly. shamelessly. Age of Sigma. Age of Sigma Two is good. Age of Sigma. We like it. Bye. I really like spooky ghosts. <laughs> they are spooky. <laughs> Draw and discard is devised, written, and performed by the hosts of the show. Produced and edited by John Brownlee. Main theme written and produced by Jilted and Tom Jennings. Incidental music also produced by Jilted, unless otherwise stated in the show notes. Check out facebook.com forward slash draw and discard for more info.